Good morning. My name is Michael, and I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and we're very excited to have all of you with us on this uh, wonderful Sunday morning, especially um, our friends from North Dakota and Georgia. And uh, anybody else want to crawl into a little uh, fetal position right now and feel really bad about yourself? Yeah, that's kind of a downer of a video, isn't it? Uh, Because it's way too truthful and hits a little too close to home, I'm sure, in most of our lives, even for those of us on their way from serving or on their way to. Uh, By the way, are you all from Hands and Feet Ministries by any chance? Outstanding. Um, Yeah, we, uh, so you all are going to be at the House of Mercy and and, and doing that stuff down there. Uh, For those of you that at our church or from uh, the other North Dakota group, Really? I mean, Daryl said, all these people from North Dakota, who's there? I mean, did y'all leave anybody back there? I mean, um, uh, Hands and Feet Ministries are, uh, are, is one of the ministries that we have been involved with in Piedras Negras when we go down to the House of Mercy or um, Casa Bethesda, uh, which is a special needs orphanage down there, or the Alleluia House. That's how we got kind of connected with, um, with Piedras and, uh, and love the work that, that y'all do and started down there. And thanks for including us. In on that, and we're happy to have you with us this morning, as are you, because we like Galveston um, as well. Are we all in Galveston, that group over there? Oh, Port Arthur. Oh, even better, because <clears throat> um, Galveston really isn't that nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, so thank you for coming to our home state and, and doing some stuff for us. Uh, you know, it's amazing how God works, um, and I know that all of you know this, uh, that God works in mysterious and wonderful ways. and. And when we planned this series and, and planned this Sunday, uh, many, many months ago, many weeks ago, a long time ago, uh, God knew that we would have two groups here uh, who would speak to this Sunday perfectly. How cool is that? Can you all stay for the 11 o'clock service, too? Because it would be really... Okay. Um, just throw it out there. We have tacos. Uh, so we are at the end of a series entitled TGC, The Great Commitment. And the great commitment, what we've been doing is we've been walking along uh, the path of Jesus and the way that Jesus lived his life and and following the great commandments, which we have hit on in the last few weeks of love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And this is the culmination Sunday. This is the Sunday where we say, okay, do something about it. Do something about it. If you truly love God with everything, if you truly love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and then you love your neighbor as yourself, then you can no longer live your life the way that you had self-involved. Because we live in a world that tells us to do that, don't we? I mean, we live in a world and in a society that says, look out for yourself. Look out for number one. Heck, we even have preachers that preach about how to make your own life the best life. That's not what God did. And that's not what Jesus did. He didn't come here for himself. He came here for us. He says, "I, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And so if you follow along with us through these Sundays and you get to this point, then this is the point where, to put it bluntly, you get off your butt and you do something. This is Pentecost Sunday. For those of you that follow the liturgical calendar, I know that we do not as much in New Heights as we do down the hall in the sanctuary. But in the liturgical world, this is 
Pentecost Sunday, and not just the liturgical world, it's, you know, it is Pentecost Sunday. And, and what happened on Pentecost, for those of you that, that don't know, might not, might not be familiar with it, is the Holy Spirit comes. You know, Jesus said, it's good that I'm going because when I go, I'm going to send a counselor that's going to just help you do all these things to be with you. I'm going to spend, send the Spirit to be with you. I think we talked about this a few Sundays ago. This is the Sunday that the Holy Spirit just blows through that early church like fire and people just start speaking in languages that everyone can understand and people come to Christ and come to the way, as they call it, 3,000 were added to the number that day, it says in Acts. And I'm in Acts chapter 2. Got your Bibles open up to Acts chapter 2. I am uh, right after Peter does a whole bunch of preaching to the crowd. People are amazed by God's word coming through Peter. And people are added to verse 40, verse 41. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church, about 3,000 in all. They joined with the other believers and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, sharing in the Lord's supper and in prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything they had. They sold their possessions and shared the proceeds with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the good will of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. This was the makeup for the early church. This is how it operated. This is how God intended for it to be set up. Now what we've done with it over the past 50, 100 years is kind of make church for church. We do church for church sake. We, if we grow in numbers, it's usually because somebody got upset with the preacher at first pres or Christ Episcopal and they come down to us. And, you know, I'll, I will take some people off from time to time. I know you're shocked by that, but, and, and they will go down to first pres and we just kind of transfer memberships or someone comes from from Dallas and they move into the Alamo Heights area. And if you're a good Methodist and you went to Highland Park Methodist and you better go to Alamo Heights Methodist because that's the only place you're going to fit in. And we just do things like that. And that's what we've kind of done for years. But what God intended the church to be was, was a body that lived together, that breathed together. I mean, if you look in what he's saying right here at Luke's writings, they did everything together. They met together. They worshiped God together. They studied God's word together. They helped one another in need. They did the Lord's Supper together. They, everything was together. Now, for them, it was for necessity of survival, wasn't it? I mean, they lived in a world and a society that condemned them for believing the way they did. If you wanted to operate in, in this Roman world who had uh, Caesar as God before Constantine came along, you had to dedicate everything you did to that God. And I mean, any good Jew or any good Christian would have known that that's contrary to the laws of God. So how do you live your life in a world that tells you you can't live your life? You band together. You come together as a body. And you do what they did in the early church. You live together. But that verse that I want to focus on is 45, verse 45. They sold their possessions and shared the proceeds with those in need. i got to tell you, this wasn't anything new. When, when they did this, when the body of Christ did this, maybe for the Gentiles who came, it, it was new. But for the Jews, it wasn't new. 
Leviticus chapter 19. The Lord also said to Moses, say this to the entire community in Israel. You must be holy because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. Each of you must show respect for your mother and father. You must always observe my Sabbath day of rest. For I, the Lord, am your God. Do not put your trust in idols or make gods of metal for yourselves. I, the Lord, am your God. You see what's going on here. He's telling them important things in which to live your life by. Why? Because he's God and he's telling you to do this. Verse 5, when you sacrifice a peace offering to the Lord, offer it properly so it will be accepted on your behalf. You must eat it on the same day you offer it or on the next day at the latest. Any leftovers that remain until the third day must be burned. Y'all didn't know that God was into nutrition, right? I mean, he's like, because that's just common sense, right? Uh, It must be burned. If any of the offering is eaten on the third day, it will be contaminated and I will not accept it. If you eat it on the third day, you will answer for the sin of profaning what is holy to the Lord and must be cut off from the community. Verse 9, listen to this. When you harvest your crops, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields. And do not pick up what the harvesters drop. It is the same with your grape crop. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vine. And do not pick up the grapes that fall to the ground. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners who live among you. For I, the Lord, am your God. It's a food program for those in need. You have a field, you have a crop, don't harvest it all. Leave a corner section of it for those who don't have anything. When you're harvesting, if something falls to the ground, leave it. So that if somebody needs to come by and pick some food up and get some food... They are able to do that. It was a community that took care of itself. Those who had great fields would leave a bigger section. This was a common practice. And so in Acts 2, when they start talking about this again and they start doing these things, it's clicking in. This is the way that God has always taught us and told us to live. That we are, as God says, the tree of life. Come to me and I will fulfill your needs. We, the body of Christ, are to surround each other and to support and uphold one another. We, the body of Christ, are the ones who are to go into the world and help those who cannot help themselves. The story of Rome becoming Christian falls along the time of Constantine. And it was when he came in and he decided to make Christianity, because of his wife, do become the official religion of the empire. But right about the same time, the belief of why Rome really became Christian is, if you've come to New Heights for any length of time, you've heard me tell this story before, but it it goes along the lines of this. There was a great plague that happened. And people started getting sick and sick, and it was spreading as plagues do. And everyone that had money and ability left. Everyone who was able to get out of Rome and get away from the sickness got away from the sickness. Everyone who was poor stayed. Everyone who was sick stayed. Except for the Christians. The Christians stayed behind no matter how much they had. The richest of the Christians stayed behind to take care of those who were sick. When the people who were sick and the poor looked around and they saw that the city deserted them except 
for the Christians, that is when a wave started happening. They saw the love of God flowing through these people, the love of Christ flowing through these people. I don't care if there's swine flu reported in Mexico. I don't care if there's drug wars going on right now, supposedly, and there's all this dangerous stuff. We're going to Piedras Negras and helping because God asked us to. That's what God calls us to do. If we're making this commitment to truly follow Jesus Christ, to truly become a disciple of Jesus Christ, and becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ means becoming like Christ, then that's what you do. That's what you do. And so we see this video, and we see the guy from Hillsongs saying all these things, and you're like, man... There is so much. There is so much in the world. Where do I start? I mean, I don't have any fields to leave crops behind. I really don't have that much money or time or whatever. And we can start going to do these things where there's so much that I just kind of just going to stay where I am. Every little bit counts. Every little bit counts. Maybe it's giving up a week of your vacation to go somewhere and help. Maybe it's, we do Piedras Negras trips and it, you leave on Friday afternoon and you get back Sunday afternoon. It's not much time at all. You don't even have to miss work, really. We've done one-day trips down there because we're so close. Right now we have a group of people in the kitchen that are cooking meals for fishing under the bridge. This afternoon after the 11 o'clock service... A group of them will go downtown and feed a whole lot of people that need some food. You know what? The city told us to stop doing that. Did you know this? Yeah, the city told us to stop doing that because of the, what's it called? Haven of Hope? There you go. Mayor Hardberger's deal. The Haven of Hope. Because they don't want competition. What? You going to tell God to stop working? (laughs) Bring it. So we're continuing to go down there. We have the Hope Center right over here in the back corner of the CLC that operates Mondays and Wednesdays during the week. And let me tell you, the amount of people we have in need in our community right now is staggering. If you look at the economy and the situation that those of us are in who are in bad situations, we have people come in who have never come for assistance before. We have people who are embarrassed to come in because they've had a job their entire life and even maybe a good job. And all of a sudden they're at a doorstep that they don't understand and they don't know what to do with. So they're coming to us. There are many places we have to serve. On June 21st, Father's Day, one of the things that we're going to do this summer is we're going to shake things up a little bit and we're going to try the Great Summer 09 Experiment. In 09. Isn't that nice? 78209. We're 09ers. We might as well try something in 09. So what we're going to do is we're going to be doing church very different than what we have done in the past. Um, I'll explain more of that next week. Uh, But part of it is not meeting here on one Sunday and going somewhere else and serving. And you'll say, well, we've done this before in the past. Yeah, but we're going to do it, I think, maybe two or three times, depending on how it falls this summer. And the first one is June 21st. What we're going to do is we're going to go to the KIPP school, uh, the KIPP Academy. 
uh, which is a brand new high school starting in the, uh, is it in the Monta Vista area? In the Monta Vista area, which is where the Foundry Coffee Shop is. And it's a high school dedicated to getting underprivileged kids to college. And they do a good job. There's a junior high that's been here for a while, a KIPP school, and there's KIPP schools all around the country. So as I say that, some of you from other parts may have heard of this before. Um, but we're going there to help them get started and help them set things up to paint. <laughs> yeah, somebody's going like this. We're going we're gonna to paint and we're going to hammer. And what does the dad want to do on Father's Day? More work, right? But, <clears throat> you know, serve God. So you have that option. So those things are coming. But one of the th- other things that you can do, and, and you might have been trying to figure out what my shirt says. Um, it says, spread the word to end the word. It was March 31st, 2009 was the day that it was spread the word to end the word. And the word is the R word. Anybody? Yeah, not many people know what it is. It's not recession. Uh, it's retard. Uh, y'all know, uh, most of you know that we have a, a special needs daughter in my family. And because of her over the past three years, look, I came to Jesus Christ a long time before I, compa- I, I became compassionate about other people. And I think a lot of people are in the same area. I was a believer in Jesus Christ before I cared about others. Before God changed me to the degree that when I see stuff and hear stuff like that video, it breaks my heart. I have a heart for the oppressed. And I didn't used to. And I know a lot of it is because of Gracie. But this was a campaign that Special Olympics ran. And they put, you may have seen posters and stuff, and they, have, uh, a lot, they had a lot of stuff going on on that day to end our word. And a lot of people will go, well, what's the problem with retard? Well, for people like me, it hurts. It hurts as bad as maybe the N-word or the F word, or the S word. So what did I do? I bought a t-shirt, and I wore it on this day. And I've worn it on days since, and people ask me, what's the word? Why are you wearing that? And I got to tell them, this is why. This is why. I know Special Olympics isn't necessarily a Christian organization, but because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, that's why I'm wearing it. And then this one says disarm. I know you can't read it, but it says disarm. And what it is, it's an organization called the Two Futures Project. And it is a a guy, a a couple of guys that have gotten together to get rid of nuclear weapons in our world. Absolutely abolish nuclear weapons. Not just stop making them, but to get rid of them, to make light bulbs out of them. Because I asked a guy, I met with a guy and I was like, so what happens when you take a nuclear weapon apart? Where does it go? And he said, actually, you'd be surprised at how many light bulbs you have in your house that have come from nuclear weapons from the Soviet Union. Think about that next time you turn the light on. <laughs> and then this one right here, I know you can't read that also, but it's the recycle symbol. Everybody recognizes that. Underneath it, it says God recycles. I, don't, I can't tell you how many times people have asked me about this shirt when I wear it. What do you mean God recycles? How does God recycle? I'm like, have you seen nature? Look at that. I mean, God is all about recycling. There are different things that I do. Wearing t-shirts is one of them. Daryl, if you notice, always wears those little Toms, those Tom shoes. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the Tom shoes. Every time you buy a pair of Tom shoes, the company Tom's sends a pair of shoes 
to children who need it in Africa or South America. So every time you buy a pair of their shoes, they, they send another one off to another country, to kids who've never had shoes. There's all kinds of things you can do. There's all kinds of ways you can become involved. And listen, this may not interest you. When I talk about this Special Olympics stuff, you may go, mm, nothing. I talk about recycling, yeah, I'm not really concerned about that. I talk about nuclear weapons, you're like, no, it does nothing for me. But maybe I talk about slavery. And you go, huh. Maybe I talk about feeding the homeless. And you go, hmm, that maybe interests me a little bit. There's something out there. There are so many, by that video, you see the great need that exists in our world. We are the body of Christ. We are the ones who are to come together as the body of Christ, as the hands and feet of Jesus. And share the love of Christ. Not just by words anymore. But by actions. But by going into the world and serving. So so that's our challenge for you throughout this whole series. Was to get to this point and say, okay, do something. Do something. I don't care what it is. I don't care where you get involved. I don't care if it's one of the ministries we have at our church. But do something. That term that I used that probably offended many of you, get off your butt, came from the conference that we went to where we learned about this disarm deal. And it was a pastor who was speaking, and he said that. It's time for Christians to get off their butts and stop saying, oh, the world's a bad place. Let's come in and worship about it, pray about it, all good things. Now we've got to go into the world. Now we've got to go into the world and be Jesus Christ for the world. That's the commitment. The commitment is to not live for yourself any longer. To no longer, as the song just said, bow down to the world and its lies. But to grasp hold of the gospel message, to grasp hold of the way in which Jesus lived his life, coming to serve so there you go I don't know why you're still sitting here that's my challenge is to do something let us pray gracious and heavenly father God we thank you and praise you for the gift of life that you have given all of us who have chosen to believe in you. Lord, we thank you for the gift that you have given us, the gift of salvation. Lord, the gift of each other as we band together as brothers and sisters in Christ from across this nation to worship you and to praise you. Lord, I thank you for the the servants that you have placed among us who have gone into the world in the name of Jesus, to serve. I pray that you would put that on all of our hearts, that we are to no longer stay inside the comfort of our homes, the comfort of our zip codes, the comfort of the walls of this church, and to begin to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in this world, because that's what you asked us to do.